Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Binance Podcast. My name is Weijo. I'm the host for this show. In my daytime job, I'm the chief financial officer for Binance. For those who do not know, Binance is a blockchain company and operates one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. We also are helping to build a bigger blockchain ecosystem with other key initiatives and investments, including Binance Labs, the Blockchain Charity Foundation, Binance Info Academy, as well as Trust Wallet and Travel by Bit. For me, I joined Binance from the traditional financial world, where I served as the chief financial officer for several Chinese and American companies, two of which were listed on NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange. I started off my career in investment banking with Goldman Sachs. From my personal background, I was born in China, I grew up in the U.S., and did university at Harvard. After graduation, I pretty much moved around Asia and the U.S. between Hong Kong, Beijing, LA, and Singapore. Since I've joined Binance, I basically have witnessed a lot more people who are becoming more and more interested in blockchain and cryptocurrency. And that interest comes not just from simply buying Bitcoin or trading, but from more a deeper interest. So what I want to do with this show is to spend time talking to specialists, entrepreneurs, scholars, influencers, basically leading people from a variety of industries. One of the first guests I talked to is Helen Hai. She came from a social development and charity background. I will also be spending time with people from politics, entertainment, gaming, advertising, just a variety of background, and talking about blockchain technology. Hopefully, through these conversations. We can share insights on how blockchain is changing not just these different industries, but also in changing the world. Here's a quick disclaimer: all opinions expressed by our host and our guests on this podcast are merely their own opinions. They do not imply any endorsements or opinions of their companies. You should not take these opinions as specific investment advice. As you will be solely responsible for your own investment. I recorded the following conversation with Alex Dreyfus at the Paris Blockchain Summit two weeks ago. I've known Alex for quite a bit of time. He is currently the CEO and founder of the Chili's and Socios Blockchain, which is doing some really amazing work in terms of trying to bring、uh, sports onto the blockchain. Alex is a、uh, serial entrepreneur,、um, starting in the mid '90s, so he's a dinosaur in my book. But、uh, he's done some really cool things、uh, in the early days of internet,、um, building、uh, network routers, and then later building a budding、uh, online poker empire.、Um, I really enjoyed this conversation with Alex and learned quite a bit about the work he's doing, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Hey everybody, this is We. I'm here back again at、uh, Paris Blockchain Week Summit, and I'm sitting down with my next guest,、uh, Alex Dreyfus, who is the founder CEO of、uh, Socios. And、uh, they are the issuer of the Chili's token. Hi, Wayne. Nice to、uh, nice to see you again. Actually, good to see good to see you, Alex. We've known each other for for quite a bit of time.、Uh, for my conversation with you, you've been an entrepreneur from day one. Tell us about a little bit about your background. Like most people are college dropouts, but you're, <laughs> you're you're a high school dropout. I left school when I was 18 without the approval of my parents. So literally, I was uh, 18 uh, first of November and first of December. I resigned from school. Uh, I came back home. My mother、uh, slapped me, like literally, first time ever she slapped me. And I created my first company in 1995, which was what we would call today a web agency. 
sold it to publicists in 1997, uh, and then I created it one of my... Where, where was this? This is In, a, in Lyon, in France. In, in uh, France. I'm from France, yeah. France. With okay. this uh, accent, you okay. cannot miss it. <laughs> then I spent like the last 25 years, more or less, in the in a internet space. Content, especially, uh, made a lot of content, uh, work in the in, in advertising space, and moved in the gambling space in 2004, um, uh, created an online sports book, regulated in UK, uh, that uh, we sold in 2006, uh, and then I moved to Malta, uh, where I live for the last 15 years, and uh, created another online poker company and online sports book that I sold in 2012 mm -hmm. to a Las Vegas-based uh, company. Mm -hmm. uh, so very much like B2C-driven, consumer-facing product, regulated product. Mm -hmm. um, and what I will say excites me, uh, it's always about technology and product innovation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a gambler. I don't. I play poker a little bit, but uh, it's it's really about creating a product that mm -hmm. doesn't exist. Yeah. So just personal fact, fun fact about Alex, he's the only French person I've ever met that do not drink wine. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I was flabbergasted. I'm shocked to this day. I still, yeah. Well, actually, the real story about that is the fact that because I left school and I dropped out of school very early, I never had this, you know, college parties. The coach, you never had the, the party yeah, culture. No, it's right. It's true. So I don't drink wine. Don't drink coffee. I don't. I don't drink coke. But as I always say, I have a lot of other scenes, and uh -huh. they're usually related to my work. <laughs> so, so how did you get into blockchain? Like. I have a very, uh, not controversial, but a very late journey into uh, the, the crypto space. Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually against, if I can say so, uh, against uh, crypto and Bitcoin for many years. I recall my first uh, encounter with crypto. I think it was uh, 2013 uh, in Iceland. Uh, I was visiting Iceland and there was this, uh, hey, you can pay in this bar with Bitcoins. Well, that's cool. Uh -huh. uh, and But as someone who used to work in the gaming industry uh, and AML, KYC, banking, payments is part of your daily stuff. Uh, I, I thought it will not be an industry I want to be involved in. And the idea is I educated myself, I learned, uh, and then I realized the real potential of blockchain and mm -hmm. crypto. And that's really how it started. So mm -hmm. it started very late, started mm -hmm. like mid-end 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how we really started to build the project or the company that we are uh, launching now. So what is that company? I, I know I know it's the token is Chili's token. Yes. And, and just full disclosure, I think Binance is a, a we own a little bit of the token. Yes, we're, yes. we're an investor in the ICO. Personally, I know a little bit about it, but I want to give you an opportunity to talk about how the idea started uh, from day one mm -hmm. and where we are today and what do you want to get to? Sure. So the idea started actually three to four years ago, absolutely not related to crypto and blockchain. At that time, we used to have something that we call Global Poker League, GPL, which was like an esports league with poker players all over the world competing against each other. And we created a league that was broadcasted on Twitch, uh, 400 hours of broadcast, 180 matches. We had like a few millions of people over time that watched the content. So, so people were watching professional poker. Yes, only professional poker players playing against each other. Mm. And like, like the big name, like Phil Helmuth. Uh, Phil and Daniel were not a part of it as okay. players, but uh -huh. they were actually a um, uh, host okay. and they were uh, oh, commentating. Oh, that, but that's more fun then. Yeah, but yeah. we have them as uh, OG. We had actually all the OGs oh, wow. say, of, uh -huh. uh, of poker and the, the current number one, number two, number five, number 10, number uh -huh. 50, etc. We have 72 professional poker players that signed a contract to be part of it. Oh, wow. And what happened after one year is, uh, okay, 
it, uh, it didn't work, first of all. So we, we created the content, people watched, but there was a lack of engagement. We, we started to think, how can we make people watching this content more interested, more vested? Mm -hmm. And we looked at, at that time, we looked at the crowdfunding equity. We said, hey, maybe users, fans could buy a piece of the team that we created it, mm -hmm. and they will influence these teams. Mm -hmm. Legally, it brings a lot of issue. It's crowdfunding equity. It could work in US, but could not work in Europe. So mm -hmm. you don't have really a, a global uh, solution for that. Then we started to look at how we could improve that. So we looked at E-Formula One, you know, you know Formula One, the, the, the yes. racetrack and stuff, they have an electronic version of that. Formula uh, E. Yeah. Formula E, exactly, mm -hmm. sorry. And they have something that is controversial, but I love it. It's called the Fan Boost. Okay. You can vote online before every race uh, who's going to have more power in the car. Okay. So that creates a new kind of content and I create a new uh, engagement. Uh -huh. And we inspired ourselves, we learned a bit of that. And more or less, we spent two years thinking about this and we realized that what we wanted to do was creating a platform where sports team and esports team actually can engage and monetize their fans globally. Uh -huh. And the idea behind that was, if you look at uh, soccer or football, 99% uh, of the fans of a team are actually outside of the stadium and are global. Uh -huh. So the fan of a team like Paris Saint-Germain in France or Juventus or they're, Lakers... They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. It's, yeah. a, it's a global play. But yet, the only relationship that the club has with their um, fans is what's happening in the stadium and somehow a little bit on social media, of course, but it's a one-way one relationship. So what we created it was a platform where you and I can buy what we call fan tokens. So we issue fan tokens of some of the biggest sports team in the world. And with these fan tokens that are like almost like staking, mm -hmm. you can vote on decision that the club is asking you. You're building a platform then, a way for a fan mm -hmm. through their tokens to engage in the activity of the sports club. Then. Yes. Right. Because I know maybe last five or 10 years, one thing that got really popular in the US is uh, fantasy sports. Of course. Right. And I think there's, they also started doing uh, daily fantasy drafts. People can like put money in yes. and then that's not gambling in the US because it's a quote unquote skills, not a luck based yes. uh, activity. Right. And I think that has allowed, you know, many players to grow i think but that is a very north american based phenomenon yes. right, for fantasy sports fantasy, right? uh, because we come but, but what you're doing is very different we don't do fantasy we don't okay. do gambling uh, actually but we, we are aiming to achieve the same need mm -hmm. is how can you engage fans to have a vested interest in the team they support yeah because if you look at like the u.s like the two big events that people talk about is like your fantasy draft yes, right your, 100%. your football fantasy draft you're like everybody's doing it in the office. And then the other one is the NCAA tournament. Yep. 64 teams, the fill out a pool, madness. the million dollar pool, all that stuff. So I feel like that's a North American way of doing it in that you're competing against each other based on the performance of the individuals or the teams. But in this one, it feels more like, like the video games I play, like, mm -hmm. like us, team management, like yep. drafting of the players, trading of the players, designing the jerseys, like more, more like a general manager. Mm -hmm. First of all, people don't realize that, but uh, fantasy sports in U.S. especially is an anomaly globally. It's because uh, online gambling and gambling is more or less illegal in the uh, sports betting, sorry, is illegal or was illegal because it's changed few months I ago, see, I see. but was illegal till now in U.S. that fantasy sports uh, managed to rise. 
in the rest of the world, we do have sports betting more or less in every single country. Therefore, sports, uh, fantasy sports is not a big thing, except a bit in UK in football. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, not a big thing. In our case, we are not making, at least not yet, having people competing against each other. It's more about supporting the team that you want to support and being heard and listened. Because there is a big frustration right now. Is fans all over the world. You have a, a fan in Thailand, in Shanghai, in Japan, or in Paris that is a fan of a, of a football team. Again, I, I, I just have a one-way relationship with mm-hmm. that team. And so we, we want to bridge that. We want to bridge this gap between the fan engagement, but also the fan monetization. You were based in the US, for example. You make zero revenue of, uh, to Paris Saint-Germain, even though you're a, fa- you're a fan of that team. And the idea is for the teams is how can they improve this monetization globally. Mm-hmm. They have hundreds of millions of fans, each of them, and that's what we are doing. Creating a digital asset that gives you a voice, a power that you can hold and give you benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. So we, we are not a currency. Uh, a lot of people always ask us, hey, can I buy uh, tickets and merchandising mm-hmm. with these uh, fan tokens? No, we, we are not creating a cryptocurrency where you can buy tickets. Mm-hmm. You can use euro and dollar for that. Honestly, mm-hmm. works very well. Mm-hmm. It's rather that we are giving you a limited amount of supply of a fan power, a fan voice. And by having this, we're giving you an emotional experience that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are tokenizing. Mm-hmm. Who have we signed up? We officially signed the Paris Saint-Germain, uh-huh. uh, which is the number one in France. We signed the Juventus, Juventus, which is the number one in Italy. And we will announce in the next, uh, I will say, probably a couple of weeks now, our first Premier League team, uh, our first Spanish team, our first German team. And then we're going to announce the second wave of teams in each country as well. Uh, we just opened an office in uh, Buenos Aires where we're going to sign teams in Brazil, Argentina, and Mexico. Mm-hmm. So th- this is really a global play. And this is actually a liquidity play. You're going to buy a PSG token. And we know, because that's what uh, Nielsen, for example, uh, the, the, the survey company told us, is fans or fans of 4.6 football team. Meaning that if you live in Paris, of course, you, you prefer to uh, buy Paris only. But if you live in, in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, there is no local team uh, as a European soccer team you're going to support. So you're going to buy a bit of Paris, you're going to buy a bit of Barcelona and maybe a small team in UK because there is uh, something related to them. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to launch, we, we're launching this summer the mobile app. Uh, we're going to have uh, yeah, six to 10 teams at first, mm-hmm. but eventually we'll have a thousand teams. Mm-hmm. And, and we are already contacted by more and more small and medium teams that wants to be part of it. Mm-hmm. For example, I own Juventus token, yes. right? Juventus has, I don't know, 400, 500 million fans around yes. the world, right? A lot of them are in Asia, yes. in, in, per se, in, in, uh, in, in Hong Kong, Singapore, China, old school Italian team, right? As, a, as an owner of that token, mm-hmm. what can I do? So Juventus has 340 million fans, 90 million in fans, for example, in China. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, and I'm going to say that on, on the record, these numbers are sometimes bullshit because it's not price uh, price mm-hmm. size uh, science, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a real guidance. Pretty close. Yeah, it's it's a it's a real guidance. Now, what's gonna happen is um, you as a token holder, wherever you're based, uh, gonna give you the, the real utility of these fan tokens is the following. One, it's the voting right, which is for us the foundation of what we do. Is uh-huh. you being heard and you being rewarded of being a fan. What can you vote on? You're gonna be so. So that's up to the club. Obviously, we are. Okay. Ju- we, we are so, the, so you actually you work with the club. Yes, closely to decide. So we, we sign the, deals. The activities. Okay. So obviously, we sign deals with each club to uh, issue their token to onboard them on the platform, uh, and that's an exclusive relationship. Obviously, and we guide them on what they should ask their fans, but it's up to them what they want to ask. What I didn't say is, um, let, let's say for the jersey. Jersey is jersey is always the example. Uh, most of the teams. 
will ask uh, what's going to be the design of the second or the third jersey uh, of the okay. team. And they're the one asking the question. They're the one offering A, B, C, D as, a, as an answer. So they are fine with the four uh, answers. But when the team is going to ask their fan about that, uh, the team is committed to enforce the outcome of the vote. So there is a legal agreement. It's binding. Mm -hmm. So you as a token holder, you really have a voice that matters in the choice of the question that has been asked. And the funny part of that, and we discovered that, to be honest, the last few months, mm -hmm. is sponsors of these teams are asking us to jump in in the mix because they want the fans of the teams to be more involved in some decision as well. It's mm -hmm. in their benefits, mm -hmm. especially the Adidas. They, Nike. they get to re their logos appear yeah. more, not just and, not just. So they're so if that's the case, if I'm a sponsor, yeah, of the, uh, I'm, a, I'm Nike, right? I have my logo on the jersey. Yes. So I get TV time, I get internet time, but now there's even a deeper engagement with but the fans. We, right? um, Adidas, yeah. one uh, one of the team that we've signed is uh, is uh, sponsored by Adidas. The guy came to us and said, "Hey." Yeah, that's actually very interesting. Maybe we want to have the, th the third jersey that is an Adidas product to be defined and designed by the fans. And maybe we're going to use your, pro your platform to, uh, to make this happen. Mm -hmm. If we manage to succeed to do that, and of course it's a long journey, but that's exactly where we want to go. Is this is, is really increasing and empowering fan and creating a better fan engagement between brands, brands being a team and uh, sponsors and the fans mm -hmm. globally. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. So right now you focus just on, on football or soccer, is it? So, um, ironically, we started in eSports. Uh, eSports is fancy, it's uh -huh. big, it's a $1.2 billion market. So, there like, is, what, so, so what is eSports? Like, so eSports video games. So video games. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like uh, Counter-Strike, Dota, League of Legends, okay. all of these things. Uh -huh. the, the, the industry of eSports mm -hmm. is a three, I mean, it's 1.2 billion market right now. Bigger viewership than traditional sports. The, some of the, some of the biggest, yes, yeah. definitely. Uh, it's huge in Asia, of course. Mm -hmm. It's becoming significant in North America. Oh. You have franchise mm -hmm. as well. You have the same model and you have NBA, NFL, and NHL. Yep. Um, so it's very interesting. The only issue we have with esports is uh, the low monetization of users. Uh, it is said that the, fa the um, average revenue per user, RPU, of uh, esports fan is like four to six dollar. Mm -hmm. The RPU of a soccer fan is sixty plus dollar. Of course. Yeah. So for us, uh, we didn't want to be just exposed into esports. So we decided to be multi sports. So we started with soccer slash football, mm -hmm. and we signed the biggest sports team in the world, uh, and more to be announced. Um, in esports, we will announce as well this summer team that we have signed already. Mm -hmm. That are some of the biggest European. Uh, esports team that are big in League of Legends, big in Dota 2, big in uh, Fortnite slash PUBG as well. And w is there a difference in the fan base? I would assume the esports fan base is probably younger. Yeah, right? definitely younger, the, more uh, digital. Soc the, soc the football fans are more oh, older. Yeah, they are more older, more they are more global as yeah. well, they are more localized. One of the big things that, that we talk about at Binance, and then I spoke a, couple, a bunch of times here, is basically how do we increase the mass adoption of cryptocurrency. And, and I feel like in this case, if I'm a fan of this club and before I can basically go on Twitter and yell at them or, you know, only when they put stuff out, mm -hmm. do I have a chance to participate? But it seems like as a fan, if I want to have a voice in each of some of these decisions, granted, they're going to be probably small. Like they're not going to, you're not going to tell them, should I, Honestly, small teams will, yeah, exactly. but yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Okay. But big teams is going to be mainly based on cosmetic for, uh -huh. the, for the time uh -huh. being and a fan engagement in general. Uh -huh. so you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a really cool example of putting cryptocurrency in the hands of people that wouldn't own 
in, in the first place yeah. right? because it's a very different thing that they get to use like this is a very really really innovative use case right we, we hope i mean of course i'm not objective and i'm probably a bit naive but uh -huh. that's fine that's my job uh, -huh. uh but yes we most do. entrepreneurs are <laughs> no that's what we are i mean that's what we have to be most entrepreneurs uh, are. and so we believe but the, the beauty of it is we convinced clubs of our vision and actually vision uh, sometimes the clubs are even convincing us even more uh -huh. but uh, we we have the we We are convinced that by onboarding mainstream and household brands like these guys, we're going to help more uh, adoption of so-called cryptocurrency slash blockchain product mm -hmm. because indeed a random Joe is going to buy for $25 of a fan token of PSG, Juventus, or whatever teams we've signed. And by doing this, we're going to educate him about the concept of the token. We're going to educate him about being on-ramped. Uh -huh. He has a mobile app. There is a bit of a fluctuation because uh -huh. there is a trading slash gamification of it. So to educate mainstream about token and cryptocurrency, we believe that sports is the, beside finance, uh -huh. sports is the best thing ever you can get globally. Uh -huh. And we choose soccer, and I always joke about that, because Americans don't give a shit about soccer. So we can target 99% of the world uh, without targeting US. So we have literally four or five billion people that we can push for the next few years without uh -huh. targeting us at least for now uh-huh but but what about the us the north american when we will launch our product we will get more traction obviously in us uh -huh. yeah. having said so uh, us uh, each uh, leagues are completely run differently than the rest of the world mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's franchise it's not like it's, a, more, it's more protected yeah definitely okay. so you cannot sign a deal with a team you have to sign a deal with the league which I is see. fine i see uh, and we've been approached by a very famous nba teams already okay. which more has guide us how we should approach the rest of the of, of uh -huh. this uh, of the sport and we hope to do that by the end of the year so uh -huh. our goal is launching one mainly with soccer and esports and then by the end of the year we're going to approach two sports one is cricket in india because it's a one billion <laughs> it's a one billion fan base cricket uh -huh. uh, india pakistan and, uh, and uh, australia so uh -huh. you have a big in the commonwealth area so that's huge and we already have a joint venture there so we, we are ready and then we'll be north america uh with uh nba and fn nhl and, and, uh -huh. and mlb uh -huh. um that's a different way that's a different approach uh -huh. uh, and that has to be a little bit more structured yeah okay because you show me this token hunting feature yes but i cannot talk about it yet okay, on your podcast but yes we're gonna yeah. that's fine no worries yeah, that's fine. so uh what can you talk about in terms of like next phase like i, I think we'll talk about the past what yeah we're doing now F future for what us are you, what, are you, what are you looking for uh, what's going to happen right now is you know it's it's a bit ironic but No, we're going to launch a product. And uh, I, I like to say that we don't want to be called a project. We want to be called a company. Mm -hmm. We are a company with 44 people based in Malta, reg in a regulated environment. We raised money. We developed a product. Now we're going to launch the product. So selling a PowerPoint is very easy. Delivering a product and making it work is the most difficult part. Mm -hmm. So the, the challenging part for now is to deliver a real consumer-facing product mm -hmm. that's going to work. And for that, we need three things. Content, distribution, And um, yeah, and biz, and biz dev, Conte uh, sorry, product distribution and uh, and biz dev. And what we do in uh, in uh, in content, it means that we need to onboard more teams. Mm -hmm. So we have more and more sports and more and more teams. That's number one. Number two is the product. So the product is we need uh, to finish our product, which is more or less there. It's 95%. And in the next 
18 months, we have many innovative features that we want to develop as well. And then third is the distribution. How we make you based in Thailand, how we make you based in North America or in Buenos Aires or in, in Mexico to buy one chilies and to uh, uh, engage with the product, either with a local team or a global team. And for that, we're going to make a lot of deals with premium uh, retail company. Uh, gift cards, you know, the gift cards mm -hmm. that you can get in 7-Eleven mm -hmm. or convenience stores. We're going to develop a lot of this, uh, this where you're going to be able to buy 25 euro of chilies in your convenience stores and there will be the logo of Juventus PSG and stuff like this. So that's going to help uh, massive adoption as well. And our goal in the next six to nine months is focusing on distribution, distribution, distribution mm -hmm. to make sure that more and more people are exposed to our product. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Looking for, I'm really looking forward to that, to checking it out. Thanks, Way. Oh, thanks, Alex. And uh, that's it for us today. Thank you for listening to uh, the launch of the Binance podcast. I hope you enjoyed this interview as, as much as I did. And if you like this show, please share this episode on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, WeChat, or any other social media platforms. Please don't forget to subscribe to the Binance podcast and see you next time.